All righty. Welcome to another episode of A Talk of Opportunity. I'm here with Andrew. Hey. Uh, hey. And today we are talking about type of players and player etiquette. Damn it. Table etiquette. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave that thing there. Yeah, that's, the, that's right after I say shit. That's where you play the music. Jose. Yes. Um, you've been DMing for a while now, and obviously you know about the, the different types of players, kind of like the categories they fall in. Yes. Uh, things like the uh, the power gamer, rules lawyer, actor, instigator, so on and so forth. Yes. Um, out of these types, which which have you dealt with the most, and how how have they been at the table for you? Um, actually, one of my favorite ones. Uh, uh, actually, uh, one of our friends, uh, one of my players, Jeremy. He's uh, he falls into a little bit of um, the thinker, and it's funny because it was the last person I expected to to be the thinker of the group, and this happened a lot in Tomb of Annihilation. Somehow, he would always just kind of like, well, everybody. So the group will just stumble upon a puzzle or some sort of like trap or something they have to get through, right? Um, and while the group was just kind of like trying to figure out how to like, you know, they'll be shouting commands. Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to put the, I'm going to grab the axe and put it here. I'm going to like step on this square, like blah, 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 blah. They're going crazy. They're failing miserably. This player would just laid back and say nothing for about like a solid, like good five, 10 minutes, real life, 10 minutes. And then look at me straight in the eye and tell me the exact uh, solution to the puzzle usually within like one or two tries and it just blows my mind because ever since and I remember this clearly in uh, Tomb, uh, not Tomb of Annihilation uh, Storm King's Thunder he, while everybody was going crazy trying to open this portal he just like figured it out like almost instantly um, so he falls into the archetype of the thinker right um, he was kind of like, and he, he took that role and through the two campaigns we played together, he was just kind of like, just lay back, take all the information in and then just solve the damn puzzle. And it was great. He will always get inspiration for that. Um, another one of, 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 of the players I deal a lot with is, um, are, um, I guess you could, you could call it the watcher, uh, because they're, they're part of the group where they're just kind of like in the background and they're very chill and always kind of like, they, they always, for the most part, they play a lot of the uh, the support class, which allows other people to be uh, a little bit more extreme with their actions. And they usually like to resolve and just kind of like be like that, uh, that side, I don't want to say, that, like the, 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 the cheer section for the group. And uh, always encouraging everybody and coming out with the, with 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 uh, funny remarks and encouraging everybody to do their thing you know and, and these are some of like the most obscure type of players that i've had on my table and i know a lot of people talk about rule lawyers and all this other type of um of uh, of tropes and luckily for me I haven't had to deal with any extremes which makes me happy one of uh one of my uh, one of my players it's uh you could you could say she falls into 
a little bit of a power gamer, right? Because uh, she likes to optimize her characters. And um, there's nothing wrong with that uh, at all because she actually makes her characters very interesting. You know, like while they're strong, they know what they're going to do. What I mean, she knows what she's going to do with a character and, and, and she really knows how to play the character she created. She's not obnoxious about it. You know, like some people can be like, uh, you have the, the classic power gamer who just wants to like min-max a character to the most optimal uh, point. Uh, and as a side effect, it brings that character into, you know, a little bit of like, a, like if you think about it, like a little bit of a deluxe action hero, you know? And and it's just this superhero who just can't do anything wrong and, and it's really good at hitting things. There's no flaws with the character and it can be a little bit of annoying. Luckily for me, I haven't had to deal with that. Um, most of my players are very much uh, middle of the road and they, they like to, they all have their, their, their own unique flavors, uh, but they don't take it to the extreme. Um, haven't had any, any rule lawyers or anything like that. Uh, if anything, uh, my player Howard, he just helps out because he's been playing uh, role-playing games for a longer time than I have. Uh, so when I was struggling with some rules, he was really quick to uh, look them up and pull them up and, and, and just kind of like... Um, um, help me out that way but he always recognized that if i was like like if it took too long and i just like oh screw it it's gonna be this way you know he just he didn't argue he didn't say anything uh you know oh rules are written or whatever i know that there's uh there's players out there who are very uh um who are very uh what's it called what, what's the word i'm looking for Conf- com- com- conflictive um I I I know. Uh, oh, geez. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm pulling a blank too, but I know exactly. Wow. What you're talking about. Yeah, the, yeah. The, you know, you, you know what I mean. Like they 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 will argue with the DM, and at the end of the, at the end of the day, the DM has the last word. He is the god of the you know, and then uh, you know I I truly believe that you know keep the keep the game moving forward. You know, yeah, um, you're talking you're you're talking about the type of rules lawyer that doesn't. That that believes the rule of cool is not just wrong; it's like heresy. Right. Yes, I've been. Yeah, I haven't dealt with that. So happy. Confrontational. Yes, confrontational. Um, I also have, uh, you know, uh, another player, Alex, uh, who is a great actor. You know, he falls into that type. Uh, he builds a, a really creative character and through the whole campaign he will play that character um really well in the sense that i remember for tomb of annihilation he he had a tattoo and every time something uh, something would happen he will add to that tattoo and he will keep bringing that up you know he wouldn't do voices or anything like that but he will portray the character really really well you know what i mean we we've already discussed how in the last episode, um, doing voices does not equal good role playing. Exactly, exactly. You know, and like in, in Storm King's Thunder, he will <laughs> his character just had like a massive amount of necklaces because he was just obsessed with necklaces. So he will just like keep taking necklaces from like if if I will, if I will ever mention that they were in the room and there was like a drawer, he will always ask if there was any jewelry around, and he will just take them and put them on. That was like his thing. So, like through the whole campaign, he was he, at the end of the campaign. He just he was Mister T, essentially. <laughs> or or him playing a small drax obsessed with bones. 
with bones exactly you know like he's really good at doing that so i would say that he really falls into that that um, um actor archetype uh, which which i really really enjoy them for doing all that stuff um and again it doesn't take it to the extreme that he's obnoxious about it um and and and, and again i don't want to discourage pushing forward with with your role playing and 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 your gaming and, and, and you know but it can easily, and I know there's um, there's people out there who can take it to the extreme. I think I think it's just important for people to realize that for every trope, there is a good and a bad side. Right, right. And, I mean, everything in moderation, you know. Or read also read the room, read the table. Um, but I think I think those are just the main ones I've dealt with. Uh, I haven't haven't experienced any horror stories you know like if i ever had to an account in uh, uh the subreddit dnd horror stories i will just i will never post anything there i'm very lucky when it comes to that um but yeah i know there's a tons of different player types out there um for the most part i will say that they fall within like the a uh, little bit of power gamer in there uh the thinker the watcher um and the the actor i think that's that's my group, you know. You're very lucky to not have uh, some of the more dynamic. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Which you know, and it, it, which reminds me, I've heard I've heard stories of your early gaming, you know, and how your table was by, back back in the day of uh, 3.5. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit more about that and the listeners too, like, how was that, how was that player dynamic? Like, did it work? What type of players did you have to deal with? Um, uh, cause you were, you were in the Emmy back then you were actually a player. Yeah, I, did. I, I, um, kind of teased the idea of DMing a bit, but it, nothing ever came to fruition. Yeah. Um, but when, when I was playing 3.5 and keep in mind, uh, this was, when we were teenagers so right you know much younger uh, obviously much less mature so the dynamic that we dealt with it wasn't so much like is this player going to be good in role playing is this player going to be good in in the dungeon and stuff like that well actually that's not that's not that's not too terribly true more like our characters just kind of took a back seat to um to the role playing thing and it was mainly combat and exploration like those are the mm. two things that um that our our players I remember our players uh putting an emphasis on. And um <laughs> we had two different tropes of players because we you know, we did have the power gamer, we did have we did we almost all of us were instigators because <laughs> <laughs> well, because the games we played, they were more like comedic, chaotic you know, kind of a, you know, almost all of us were playing some sort of like chaotic neutral, you know, and, he, and even when we did play lawful good, we, we, um, we skewed it in a way towards like, it's technically lawful and technically good, but <laughs> well, okay. Like to, just give me an example. I remember playing in a campaign where, where I was a paladin who was like a constable for a um for like a desert city kind of a thing uh-huh. and 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 we were supposed because we were all cops that was that was the idea that we were cops and we were investigating um like an import of slaves in a city where slaves were illegal right so so when we found our first suspect 
I I told the DM I'm going to ask him this question to like get some information out of him. And the and the DM started talking, saying, "Well, he says this," and I go, "Wait!" Before he says anything, I'm going to hit him across the face with my sap. <laughs> you know, which is a leather bag full of ball bearings. And, yeah. and and one of the one of the other players goes, "That's not lawful good." And I asked the DM, "Are slaves legal here in the city?" And he goes, "No." And 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 so is this guy bad for bringing slaves in? And he's like, "Yes." So I'm like, "So technically, is what and when it I'm I'm doing something lawful good, right?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's lawful good." <laughs> <laughs> so like that was kind of more of the dynamic that we were dealing with there. We had we had one player who I guess you could say he was the power gamer, but he was also the wild card. Like the best way I can describe him is that he was the Mr. Blonde to our reservoir dogs. <laughs> like like it, okay. would always, it would always be like, OK, keep an eye on him because he's going to do something stupid. <laughs> but, the, but the thing about it is, is that he would always he would always succeed whatever he was doing in the dumbest way possible. <laughs> And that's my favorite type of society. <laughs> success. Like, like tasks, uh, like like the task failed successfully. Kind of thing. That's my, and, that's my that's my life motto, man. And and the thing about it is, is that he was a monster in combat. Like he like he pulled some stuff off that, like I couldn't even tell you. Like I. I I, to this day, I still don't know how he did it, but it was all legal. He just he just went through all the resources, and he's like, "Nope, I have," like like he he was the type of guy that was at level five was able to pull off like thirty damage off like one hit, kind of a thing. Oof. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing about it is, because he was the wild card, he it, it would be something like, "Oh, the 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 trail you know leads this way," and he goes like, "Nah, I'm gonna go." the opposite direction see what happens and and so that one player that i have in mind whenever whenever i'm making like adventures and stuff like that i'm always like how would he break this and how can i prevent it <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah yeah um but yeah no the dynamic like i said because it, because it was more of a combat based thing it was more like okay we have a guy that is really good at physical damage and then we have and then we have one guy that can do like magic damage. We have a guy that can do range damage, you know, a guy that specializes in taking out this type of enemy and stuff like that. And so eventually and because the group we were playing with with was rather large, it was like five to eight people at a time, depending. Holy crap. Right. I didn't know um, that. Yes. <laughs> depending on, you know, who who can make it and whatnot. So so you had a lot of people who would you would have three wizards. But one would be just damage, one would be just like support, and one would be just, you know, like utilities and stuff like that. So that was that was the dynamic that that we we um we played with. Because it was it was very much more more like a video game mm. kind of mentality. Yeah. Right. Um which the DM supported, so that's why we went with it. Uh but there I mean there were there were some parts where role playing like was there but it was not the main focus it wasn't it wasn't like how it kind of is now with me (laughs) um it was a much more like let's just get to the fighting 
kind of a thing. Right. And, and yeah, so it did, yeah. it did work only because we had that DM. If we had if 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 we had like a different DM, it it would have completely fell apart and we would have been someone's nightmare. <laughs> um but because we were all kind of <laughs> been your nightmare. Well, yeah, it would if I had the DM now, the group that we had then, I would have ripped my hair out. <laughs> Uh, like it, it's like I can't I can't tell you how much things have changed <laughs> for me um, in that <laughs> regards. But like I said, it, it's because we were all in the same wavelength. That's why everything was kind of kosher for us. That's cool. Um, that's really that's, that's, that's I mean, if everybody's in the same on the same uh, playing field, I think it's fine. Exactly, and that's and and that's there. And like I said, it's surprisingly. When there was time for role playing, we did do that really well, but it was always there was always comedic undertones, which I mean, D and D kind of falls naturally into comedy right. at certain points, but but even then, like I would say, like right now, during like like let's just take Curse of Strahd for instance, there's a lot of atmosphere. There is moments where it can be scary, but there's also moments of levity. Yeah. Whereas, whereas when we were playing, it was it was almost always what's the funniest outcome I can think of? Like, how can I pull this off? <laughs> Goofiest, funniest, most. Hey, my name is Throgar, and this is Jackass. Kind of, you yeah, know, kind of ways. Yeah, yeah. It. Um. So yeah, that's that's mainly what we dealt with. However, we also we also um because because the group was so large, we also did deal with. Not a lot of, but a good amount of um, improper table etiquette. Um, mm. But but just to kind of give the listeners an idea, what what would, in your words, what would you describe proper and improper uh, etiquette at the table? Oh man, uh, well, I would say uh, so. Okay, this is going to be kind of like a like a self answering question with the proper and improper because the improper is just like don't do what i'm what the proper one is but it all starts with the very basics of uh just just don't be a dick you know uh in in my table i think one of the most important ones is always listen to the dm for the most they're the ones that are putting a lot of effort into bringing the group together so like always listen to the dm don't argue don't try to make it miserable for for them they already had a really hard time putting all this stuff together for you you know there's other stuff out there uh one of the most basic ones for me you know don't use your cell phones uh on the table like where's the d there's nothing more uh uh discouraging that you're trying to tell a story as a dm and then you see your players on their phone and it makes me feel like an old person you know like when you were in high school and your teacher would be like get off your phone you know like put your phones away but like, the, the, your your whole goal is to have the players uh, have a good time. Let the players have a good, allow the players to have a good time. And when they're on their phones, it just makes you feel like you fail. So that's very important to me. Uh, there's a lot of simple stuff that you can just do when you're invited into a game. You know, like if you're going to somebody's house, bring food, bring a snack. You know, uh, contribute to 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 the game day. You know. Um, other simple things is you know like don't 
make a mess, you know, like keep your table. You're sharing a table with somebody else. Don't just put all your papers and all your crap all over the place. Like keep a little area for yourself, you know, other things. And I think this would be really helpful for people. It's just always understand that the DM knows more than you do. (laughs) That is just bare minimum. Like don't try to, if you feel like you know more about vampires and you're playing Curse of Strahd, don't assume that you know more than a DM about vampires for Curse of Strahd. You know, just because a DM has the liberty to change whatever the hell they want to change. So they will know more than you than you do, even though you have a whole library about vampires, you know? Um, always use your creativity, you know? Like, this, this is the time for you to shine on the table. Like, bring it, you know? Don't, don't be a late, don't just be in the background the whole time, leaning back on the couch or whatever. It could be an active member of the party, of the of the group, not a party as in like a group, as in a bunch of humans. <laughs> um, but those, uh, those for me are two of the main ones, I mean, a couple of the main ones, uh, other than older stuff, you know, like I'm pretty sure there's lists out there, but like, uh, you know, know your character. That's kind of like a little bit of a, a you know, I understand for new players who are just like first time playing, but like, you know, when you come into a table, like, know, know what you're playing, know, know what your character is good at, you know, uh, let all, let other players shine, you know, let, let them have their turn. This is something I struggle with as a player, um, but let them lead the conversation. Let them, uh, you don't always have to be the first one in line and marching or uh take a step back you're here as a group not as an individual they're not there to support you like don't cut other players off when they're talking you know don't try to correct them you know um don't be that guy who's like oh that's not what a wizard would do or that's not what a rogue would do type situation like like let other people have their moment i can you don't know that might be like that's not what a wizard would do yeah well that's how my wizard does it right you know, kind of right. thing exactly you know like uh, another one is very simple the dm's world is final word not world <laughs> the dm word is final for us for as much as you want to argue rules if the dm says it is a certain way it is that way you know uh don't try to change it you know and and and, and it, but it's, it's by the same token the dm has to keep track that if they say that something is this way then through the whole campaign it should be that way um but don't try to argue you're here to have fun. And, and you know, I always try to, whenever my players come to the table, I always try to have, um, to make it very clear, like, what I'm expecting from them. You know, like, I don't, I usually, I'm not, like, the babysitter of always asking them to put their phone away. Uh, but if the players are trying to be on their phone, you know, I will always try to just make something interesting happen or try to have an encounter or a situation happen faster so that whoever player is on the phone turns come around, comes around faster. You know, another thing that um, I try to do is that I don't, I don't control, I don't control their, their, their player, their, I don't control their characters, you know? Uh, So I can make, I only control my NPCs and I can make those NPCs do things to grab the attentions, the attention of those, of those players, you know? Um, whenever a player brings uh, uh, food to the table and it's delicious, you know, I encourage it. I always try to like, you know, well, I do get excited about food, but I, I, I try to like 
make it very uh, obvious that I'm very happy that they're there. Like when they bring their own dice, you know, like I always try to encourage in a positive way, good behavior. You know, I am not going to yell. I am not going to be a dick about it. Uh, a couple of times I thought about bringing a basket out with like a little sticker that says cell phones just to, you know, but I don't want to be that way. I think, Andrew, I think you stopped me from doing that at one point. Yeah, there, there was one time where you're like, should, should I just have like a cell phone basket? I'm like, that's, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> like, yeah, and, you know, looking back, like, we're we're all adults. <laughs> um, you know, so there's a lot that goes into keeping your table happy. Having good table etiquette, uh, you know, just the basics, you know, be be engaging. Uh, know that you're there with other people to have fun together, not, you know, to outshine somebody else. Uh, you know, the, the DM is always right. No matter what happens, the DM is always right. Um, um, actually, I think I'll change that. The DM is not always right, but the DM word is final. And just because I feel like DM is always right sounds like the customer is always right, which I hate that. That's not true. Well, I mean, because sometimes, sometimes the DM has to make a ruling that it's either not covered in the book or it's not covered very clearly in the book. Right. And yeah. and, and in order just to kind of keep the flow going, like, okay, we're just going to do this and, that, and that's it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it also has to do with, um, so, like you said, to, to keep flowing. Like sometimes looking at a rule in, in the book, it's a lot of work. Uh, or looking at it online, sometimes you find two different answers and then arguing starts and then back and forward and then you just wasted 20 minutes of gameplay looking for the stupid rule. So, you know, right. Amazon is right um, when it comes to that type of stuff. Or um, sometimes it's, like, it's a situation that's like so specific that there's really right. not a rule for it. So right. you just you have know. to make one up on the fly. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, luckily I haven't had to deal with uh, I think the most I ever dealt with was just like people being late, but like that's life. What can you do? You know, that's, like yeah. as long as and I always know that they're trying to be there on time. You know, like uh, it's it's a it's good, and they're not always late. You know, like if I ever noticed that one of my players was like always like we always play, uh, you know, what back when we used to play uh, physical uh, games uh, at noon, right? But then one player will always be late mm. and constantly late. I think the only thing I the only the only thing I would do is ask him like, "Hey, would you want us to move the time forward? Like, why are you always late if you say you're gonna be there at a certain time?" Just trying to understand the situation, you know, because being having people waiting for you is not it's not fun for anybody, right? You know, so being on time. But I luckily haven't had to deal with a lot of uh, a lot of like bad table etiquette, you know. I think I think one of the um. If if I'm if I may, I think one of the big things in terms of table etiquette that a lot of people uh, from time to time become guilty of and they don't really recognize it is metagaming. Yes. Um. You know because there there there'll be like a situation or something like that where you're fighting a troll and your characters have never encountered a troll, but you as a player knows from a previous adventure that trolls are weak to fire well you kind of have to you know just kind of sit on your hands there a bit and they oh no I, i'm gonna you know try something you, right. you get what i'm saying like you can't 
you can't be like suddenly my character has an epiphany that <laughs> you know even though he's never encountered <laughs> a troll before he he knows they're weak to fire or some you know something like that right right and a player should know like hey you know if because it's hard it's hard it's hard not to do but like if you know that it's fire try to make it interesting in the story like hey you know oh there's there's a torch i'm not you know i i give give tools for the dm to have a to react to you know like i drop my torch here or whatever so the dm can be like oh the the troll seems to be scared of the fire or whatever then you can be like oh you know my player wants to i mean my character wants to shoot him with the fire arrow see what happens and then kind of like role playing in and making your meta gaming a little bit more interesting than just like hey i know that they're weak to fire so i'm gonna use all my fire spells well i I, yeah, exactly. I, I always found that a really good way to sort of skirt the issue of metagaming is being like, if you encounter a pretty common enemy, something like that, just have the DM say, hey, would I know, like, what's the deal with this enemy, you know? Right. And then the DM's like, oh, right. we'll roll a knowledge check and see, you know, kind of a thing. Um, yeah, that's a, that's, a very fair, that's a very fair way of doing it. Um, because, it, again, it gives tools for the DM to help you Meta game officially, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, or or sort of justify having that knowledge. That knowledge, yeah. Um, yeah. No, for sure. I, yeah. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was just finishing my, you know, proper table etiquette. It's just don't be a dick. <laughs> that's just that's the short that's the short answer. Yeah. And I think I, I, I haven't I think, had to deal with I haven't had to deal with a lot of uh, improper table etiquette, and I think. Uh, deep down inside everybody knows how to behave as an adult <laughs> you know and, and 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 you gotta you know be a people be be the person people want to be around um and don't be a dick have you dealt with any any improper table etiquette anything that has like ruined your game or oh, that 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 specific session and you just had to like do something about it because I, yeah. I personally haven't yeah, I can actually, um, the thing about it is I can actually think of two instances and neither of the times I was the DM, uh, both, both the times there was one time where I'm, I'm, I'm the player both these times, but there was one time where I was kind of the cause of ruining the session. And then there was another time where I watched the session kind of unfold. <laughs> you get me? Fall you, apart. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and, and the first instance was we were playing an adventure. If I remember correctly, we were supposed to be like prehistoric warriors trying to find something. I forget exactly what it was off the top of my head. And you can definitely tell the DM was take, this is the same DM that we played with before, but this time he was taking it kind of seriously. Um, but none of us were, we were all like. You know, because like the village was like on like a like a cliff or something like that. So you'd be like, oh, I'm gonna throw myself off the cliff, you know, and like <laughs> die and crap like that. And and eventually got to the point like it wasn't one thing; it was all just like a kind of a culmination of this idiocy, mm-hmm. where the DM like legitimately said, "Okay, look, I know." This is like fun and games and stuff like that. But I put a lot of work into these things. Like, you know how hard it is to come up with an idea every week when you yeah, guys dude. are when you guys are constantly like dying and ruining the campaigns and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. 
And essentially he went on like this like 10, 15 minute long tirade about all the work he puts into it and whatnot. And, and then he, he left, like he legitimately just got up from the table and left and just kind of left us there at the table. And that was a real like eye opening moment for me <laughs> where, uh, especially, well, I mean, I want to say for everybody else too, but especially for me, we were like, man, we're assholes, you know? And, and then after that, we, we started taking it like more seriously. Like we, like we were still having fun and doing like, you know, kind of stupid, you know, comedic stuff, but like, we didn't try to have our characters commit suicide in the dumbest way possible. <laughs> you right. know, right. Like, like we, like we kind of started it, it, the, the, the give and take exchange started to happen where, there you go. You know, we would do something for the DM and he would do something for us. And, and, and that's, that's when that like kind of respect got cemented on both sides of the screen. And I think for me, that was a real big turning point to when I started taking the uh, D and D more seriously to where like, you know what? I really want to lean into this. You know, like I want to, you know, like, like he, if he's putting this much work into it, I should, I should probably be doing that as well. And, yeah. and I remember, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a matter of real, uh, realizing and appreciating the amount of work, that amount of work that a DM puts into the story and knowing that he's doing it for you. And, and I think, <laughs> and the thing about it is I kind of got my reward for that when we were starting a new campaign. This was, this was a legitimately new campaign. Like we were starting over fresh kind of a thing. Like the, the last one kind of ended more or less successfully, but we were just starting over and I made a sorcerer, which was my favorite class in 3.5e. And he he did the thing where he looked over all the classes because that's what he liked to do. That's what he did. So he respected it. That's fine. And he looked over my sorcerer and I made sure to, you know, like I wanted to have arcane knowledge and like this kind of knowledge and these skills and whatnot. And I had like I had like a good mix of combat and utility spells. And he goes, holy crap, you actually made a sorcerer worth playing, you know, (laughs) And I was like, yes, <laughs> like, like, and, 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 and eventually got to the point that like, he didn't really take me under his wing, but like, he would give me sort of like advice on how to DM where he would say like, Oh, it's the easiest thing in the world, but it's also the hardest thing in the world kind of a thing. Right. Uh, and that's true. <laughs> um, so that was kind of the, um, the resolution of that first incident where we were all kind of the part of the problem in terms of improper table etiquette. The second time, however, we actually had a player who I still can't believe to this day he would stoop this low. We actually had a player legitimately steal the DM's notes. And oh man. And I mean and and I don't mean like oh he you know kind of went through them real quick while the DM went to the bathroom or went to go grab Taco Bell or something. He like took them for days like they were gone for days and stuff like that and like he took them home and read them and what culminated was it was it was uh it it was a pretty stereotypical adventure you know we were in a village we were trying to find out what was going on and yada yada and it was supposed to lead up to we were supposed to investigate the statue and the statue led into a dungeon and whatnot and yada 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 but we had to figure out how to like find the clues for the statue well this this the cheater knew immediately, like very conveniently knew immediately what to do with the statue. He was like, Oh, I'm going to investigate like the back of the statue. And Oh, Hey, look, there's a switch on the neck or something like that. I I forget exactly what, what the solution was. 
But so what the DM did was that he just changed it to where it was a death chamber. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, so the guy went in there and his character, like it, he pulled, he legitimately pulled a rocks fall. You die. No saving throws kind of a thing. And oh, they, man, and the guy got so mad, got so like butthurt about it. He legitimately just packed up his things and left. And we didn't see him again after that. Oh, and, dude. But the thing about it is, is that because he sold his notes and stuff like that, the the DM's like, well, we're just going to have to uh, start another campaign next week or something like that. You know, like it just completely derailed the entire adventure for all of us. Um, yeah. So don't cheat. That's not cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dude. And, and, and something like if, if you're, DM is running like a published adventure, like what we're doing now and have been doing. Don't look at yeah. the books, <laughs> you yeah. know, just, yeah. just common courtesy. Don't read that stuff. So damn, dude, that's, that's crazy. Like they, so the, so a couple questions did the DM when he found out that he just, uh, I'm so, uh, he, I mean, he I think, I think that was the best way to deal with it. though. <laughs> He knew right away who it was because this guy, this guy was a really awful metagamer. And when I mean awful, I mean, he was really obvious about it. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, like, no. like, like he would know exactly what the weakness of a, of a monster is, despite the fact that none of his characters ever fought it kind of a thing. Right. And, and it was one of those things where he, he, I, I forget exactly what happened, but like he was over at the DM's house to just kind of hang out because they were friends at that time. And when he left, the DM's like, I can't find my notes anywhere kind of a thing. Mm. And we all kind of thought at the same time, like, oh, I bet you he took them, you know, like, because that, that was our first immediate thought. That's how bad it was. Damn. And That's then dumb, though, like, <sighs> well, no, well, no, here's the thing. And then and then the cheater came back a couple of days later just to hang out again. And suddenly the notes popped up. Oh, look at that. How uh, convenient. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and the DM was like, motherfucker, <laughs> you know, and like, how how badly do you need to to like, what's the word? Have a sense of accomplishment that you need to, quote unquote, win D&D, you know? Yeah. Except I'm just trying to think, like, what even is the point? Like, you're just like, I don't know. I guess some people just need to have that got knowledge, I guess. But like, what is the point? Like, that just ruins the whole point of D&D for me. Like, you're stealing somebody's notes, the DM's notes and and knowing what's going to happen. And what's the even the what's the point of playing? There is none because because the the fun for me as a player is seeing this stuff unravel, you know, or seeing how our actions lead to certain consequences. But yeah, no, that was that that was a big mark on that. <laughs> like even even the wild card guy who who I he he wasn't a cheater, but he did almost try his best to break the world. Even he was like, dude, that's low. Like that's no. yeah, you know, yeah, that's like a that's a, dude, that's a whole nother level, man. Like like I would be. I don't know, man. That's like a friendship ending type situation. It's one of those things. It's like if I ever found out a cheater was at my table, I'm like, oh, don't, don't come back. Like, right? Like, because, because even even if they like, oh no, I won't ever do it again. I'm like, dude, I can't trust you. You yeah. know? 
<laughs> like I'm sorry, like, but like what is what is even the point? Yeah, you what? know. Especially, I just don't understand, man. especially because, especially because now we're running games that are easily accessible. Like it's one yeah. thing to sneak into a DM's house and take their notes, but you can go to a bookstore, yeah, and just and and like you don't even have to buy the book; you can just read it right then and there, <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, yeah, but, and I can I can Google it for the matter of fact. Yeah, exactly. You could probably I, I wouldn't recommend it, but you could probably <laughs> um, acquire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these books online but it's like it's still like d- dude come on man like yeah no, that's that. that's dumb dude i'm sorry like that's that's just a bad oh man yeah no even if i wasn't even if i wasn't as angry as your dm probably was like i will i'm sorry but like i cannot i cannot have that player in my table <laughs> I, I, re- I remember i remember now because it kind of jogged my memory i remember that his character died and he goes and he goes the guy's name was Justin. He goes, Justin, I know you stole my fucking notes. <laughs> he just like, he just called him like, he called him out like right then and there. Like, the oh man. Oh, good time. That's amazing. Yeah, I, think that's no. the, I think, I think that's the best way he could have handled that to tell you the truth. Cause I mean, he could have taken out, a, he could have like talked to him and not invited him to that specific session. He could have done a lot of other things, but your DM decided to just kill him straight up. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he publicly shamed him in front of everybody. And it, it even, even though it, it, it came at the cost of that campaign, it did exactly what we wanted to do was just get rid of the problem. Yeah. yeah he yeah. never came back. So, and we, and we were all the better for it. So Damn, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, I, I cannot believe I cannot. That's crazy. That's so yeah, I, just, I just don't understand it. I, I keep saying I don't understand it, but I don't understand it. Right. Well, I mean, looking back on it now, I just kind of label it as like growing pains. Like these were the things that we had to learn more, more so the first incident incident rather than the second, just like things that we had to learn. Like these things are not cool. Like, y- yeah. you know, y- even, even though we're all having fun and we're, you know, making dick jokes or whatever, like y- there's still lines you can't cross. So yeah, most yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that that's those are kind of the things that I dealt with. Um, one of the things that I was most worried about now that I'm DMing was always having that new player. You know, because mm. you're because you're like, what are they going to bring to the table? <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah, and, you you had to deal with that. Well, well, I mean, and and you know exactly what I'm talking about because I've I've been not very vocal, but I have been like, oh god, you know, ever because, like I said, my experience has been tainted with the world breaker type character. Like, please don't be bad, please don't be bad. <laughs> but but so far, introducing new players um, have actually been pretty successful. But in in your experience has has like the kind of party dynamic ever really shifted introducing new people to the to the group um i will have to say that it not in an extreme way um you know like we've had we have a couple of players uh, jump in midway through through a campaign i mean you were one of them <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know but uh with in, in your case so i want to start with with your case because you came in pretty late on the tomb of annihilation um uh wagon there uh but well, well see here's the thing i came in immediately started kicking ass 
you know <laughs> yeah uh-huh. it, was like, it, was like, it was like the first day in prison i had to pick on the biggest guy and yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly that's that's exactly what happened. It you totally didn't suffocate in a room or anything. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> or activated an explosion or anything. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean the the part the part of the dynamic. I think it, it it pretty much stayed the same. I feel like every time we add a new player, a new member to the party to the group, um, I've had the fortune that it's actually it just add. Um, more good than bad. Actually, I don't think it's ever added anything bad because you, your chemistry with the group instantly flourished. I, I remember you were, you were a little shy at first um, as to what to do and what role uh, to play as a, as, as a, as a character. Um, but, but you immediately, you took the role of the, of the, the, the big, the big, you know, chunk of man that punches things on the, on the face. Um, and you and you played it pretty well. You made everybody laugh, um, and they loved you right away. Um, so it wasn't a lot of uh, it wasn't a lot of uh, what's it called, growing pains or like having to teach spe- special rules uh, that are only on this table or anything like that. Um, like you, you got along, you got along pretty well. But you had plenty of experience with Andy. You were very, you were very respectful. Um, that was that was you. Um, right now we have a new player. Um, she she's playing a rogue, um, and then she's she's a little bit uh, on the quiet side, uh, and she does need a little. She the first few sessions she needed a little bit of help with. Like mainly, I think it was roll twenty, uh, but everybody needs to learn roll twenty. You know that's just yeah. kind of like uh, it's, it's it's unavoidable. You're gonna have to teach it, especially if even if you saw a tutorial in the middle of the game, you're gonna. I still can't find things in that stupid UI, um, but but she's 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 there. She's she's nothing bad. She's always, man. I I I know I keep saying that I've lucked out, but like, I guess I just know how to pick my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you've been you've been really lucky, believe me. Um, yeah. Well, well, in in the case of the new player in Curse of Strahd, it's um, it's not really something I picked up right away, but if. If say for instance, like they're kind of quiet and they don't want to be in the spotlight, I don't try to make them be that, but I still, right. I still want to make sure that they have moments where they they shine a little bit. Um, right. Yeah. So so it's it's just kind of one of those things where, and and I didn't really feel like the party dynamic shifted a lot, um, or in in a really bad way. But I just wanted to make sure that, hey, this is a new person. You know, we'll give them a couple sessions to kind of stretch their legs, figure things out, whatnot, and definitely help them with whatever they need. Um, But also, you know, if they don't want to be in the forefront, that's totally fine by me. You know, if they want to be in the background, that's cool, you know. But but she's like... No, go ahead. Well, no, I I was just saying she has... She has um, uh, pretty recently uh, even has shown some moments where she kind of takes the reins of a situation and, uh, and comes up with like these kind of not intrinsic, but creative solutions. Um, like, yeah. like, like when she used her Kinku's mimicry ability to talk Victor out of his room by imitating his great. father. And the, yeah. the group learns how to deal with a teenager, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Like, like I, I like, 
like this was her moment so like yes please go do it like you know yeah and i i've been lucky and and i I guess it's just because the people i hang out with are very similar like they have the very that's like you know same taste um so introducing somebody like that to to my current to the current group it's not usually a big deal you know I'll be a little bit more worried if it was like a brand new person I never met before and it did just happen to tag along, you know? Um, Well, it's always, it's always (laughs) whenever, whenever you say, Hey, I'm going to bring somebody new to the table. I always ask you the one question, are they cool? You know? (laughs) And, and I don't, and I don't mean like, are they like slick or anything like that? I'm like, I'm like, are they, are they going to be a dick? Like, do I have, right. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I don't think I would, I don't think I will ever bring somebody like that to the table. Well, at least not me knowing that, you know, like if they develop those things on the table, it's a different story. You know, well, I, I didn't know this side of you type situation. Um, but yeah, no, I've I haven't I haven't had too much of a bad experience introducing new players. I'm always I'm always happy to bring more people to the table. Um Yeah, you know, if it was up to me, I mean my first game was seven players. <laughs> it was a slog, but it worked. Um Yeah, no, I mean I think that the biggest issue we had was just uh with, with Roll Twenty. You know, just teaching a new tool to somebody. Uh and and them being a fairly new player to the game as well, like having stuff like you know roll this specific attack, this specific thing, just mm. teaching those little things of um, what roll twenty is capable of. I think that was the biggest drawback, but I think that that goes for everybody, not just for the new player. Um, you know, talking about roll twenty and our favorite uh, virtual tabletop tool, <laughs> favorite browser-based virtual tabletop that totally doesn't crash at least once a session yeah right no but like talking about that um i you know is there any etiquette table etiquette or table in quotation marks etiquette for roll 20 is there anything that's different from roll 20 that to an actual regular table like have you ever thought about that yeah actually i i i have because i um that's a much different uh, like set of rules than than when you're at a table um, because that's one of those things where, oh, let's, let, let's just go over the basics. So, so for table etiquette, I feel for roll 20, one of the basic ones is that if there's a lot of noise going on in your background, kind of mute your mic. Yeah. Um, like for instance, I'm probably the worst one about this because, uh, you know, it has a lot of dogs and they bark at the, the, the drop of a hat. So, so whenever, whenever I hear them barking in the background, I always kind of mute my mic just so you guys don't hear yipping and yapping (laughs) for like five or 10 minutes, depending. Um, right. I think another pretty important thing is try to learn as, or try to figure out how to use roll 20 as best as possible. Um, and that's obviously something that it, it's best to have somebody go over it with you, like somebody yeah. more knowledgeable, but try because roll 20 is the way it works. It's completely different than pen and paper. Um, so you definitely need to figure out, Hey, I need to click on this for an attack roll, but then click on this for damage. And right, right. Yeah. That confuses a lot of people, especially 
especially damage rolls, because in roll 20 to do a damage roll, you have to click on the name of the attack in the chat window, which yep. is which I mean, once you get it down, it's it's understandable, but it's not very intuitive. Um, so, so that's a big one. Also learning what you can and can't click on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, another thing I would say in terms of table etiquette is, uh, especially this, this especially goes for, for what I'm experiencing on my end is if your character token is on a map, like in a room, don't, unless the DM says you can, don't try to leave that room kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Right. Um, yeah, I thought you were saying. What? I, I thought you were going to mention when we start moving our tokens around so you can't move or talk. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that that's that's another thing entirely. But it's something <laughs> but something it's it it's like in one of the sessions or um what was that in Tomb of Annihilation when you said we're gonna be going by these rules. Where if you move your token here, that's what your character is doing. Um so so it's definitely it's definitely kind of a thing like just sort of respect that idea right but also also if you're in a if you're in a place that has like a lot of locked rooms or something like that like don't zing your token around all over the place and you know potentially spoil yourself on on content um which is something i need to work on because i need to work with the the door layers and stuff but uh but because i haven't quite figured that out yet like just give me the benefit of the doubt here your fault andrew yeah but i mean it makes sense like you know like yes you may have the ability to like fly all over the map but just you know like why would you do that like just be part of the moment be where the people are be where you're supposed to be doing just don't be hovering over every single room trying to figure it out like oh this is interesting you know like or or at, at the very least if you want to explore a part just say hey i want to see what's behind this door here you know, right. and, then, and then we'll and then we'll role play that situation out, and that's fine. Like, just as long as you have justification. But if you're just going to zip your character token around, like, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, oh, what's a? Are there any things I'm missing? What is there anything you would like to add to that? No, I think I think you have you nailed pretty much everything, other than the usual stuff. You know, like don't don't be late. You know, oh. Oh well, I get that. That goes with the muting part. Like if you're eating on on roll twenty, which one of our players sometimes has a snack, and you know she's pretty good about muting her mic, uh, well, so we don't hear you showing because I do that. I drink water really loudly, and I don't mute my mic. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I think that's that's pretty much it. You know. Uh, oh, I think one of the other ones though, and I think it has to do with the same. It will be the the put your phone away version of roll 20 is like yes you're in a browser try to stay in roll 20 don't be going yeah watching don't go on videos YouTube or, or facebook and scrolling everywhere you know we can tell when the screen changes on the webcam yes. uh if you're looking up rules or whatever that's fine but usually you can find everything in roll 20 especially if one of your players or dm has bought the player's handbook you can just type in the rule. You can you can type in the rule on roll twenty on the compendium, and it'll, it should pop up mm-hmm. for the most part. Just because that you can find a lot of things on the internet, and you may spoil yourself if you're looking for the wrong thing. You know. Now, now this might be a bit of a hot take, but I would honestly say um, 
kind of be a bit more lenient on the no cell phones rule specifically for cell phones. Um, the only reason why I'm saying that is because we are on an online thing. Like right. sometimes, sometimes we'll have to like use like the Facebook messenger to be like, Hey, you know, like I can't quite see you guys or <laughs> like that. Or, or, or in the, or in my, um, you know, like you might be looking up a rule or something like that. I mean, like it's okay if you use your phone every now and then to kind of for that kind of thing, but don't be on your phone the entire time as well. Right. I was, I was more leading towards the, and I'm going to go with an extreme here, but you're on roll 20 with your friends and then you pull up uh, RuneScape on browser and start playing on another screen. (laughs) Right. That's, well, that's just one that's disrespectful. Yeah. And you know, we want you to be part of the, of the adventure like be involved you know don't be oh my god i hate it when it's like you think that person is paying attention and then they're like oh where are we at like oh <laughs> yeah it, it burns um but also uh i think i think another another thing about roll 20 is if you have like a like if you have to take like a phone call or there's like oh wait there's somebody at my door real quick um just let the party know and you and just give them like, Hey, you can just go on without me for this part kind of a right. thing while you step away, you right. know, you know, obviously mute your mic or whatever you have to do. Right. Um, I like, I like, I like how one of our, <laughs> one of our players do does it. Uh, he, he tends to like step off to, I don't know, cook or do something, but he has wired headphones. Mm-hmm. So the whole, the whole time he's like cooking or doing whatever he's doing. He's just listening to us talk and he just responds. But then all you see on his webcam <laughs> yeah. is an empty chair. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> or even better, sometimes the cat is just like in the background. <laughs> it's like, whoa! That has that has freaked me out more than once. Or we'll be like, is he still there? He's like, yeah, I'm still here. Like, oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. No, it's it's great. But you um, know, yeah. But no, I agree with that. Also, oh, you know, and, and I don't I don't think this applies to our group, but um. Be sensitive that your webcam is always on, uh, and and if something's you know you're gonna have to do something or whatever you know just if you don't want people to see it just you know turn off your webcam, you know. Um, another big one is let people know if you if the if they're like having like audio issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, especially if it's like for the DM. <laughs> yeah. So. Every now, every now and then, you you start talking, and then all you see is everybody on the webcams just pointing at their headphones, yeah. and and you're not looking, so you just keep talking. And it's like, wait, wait, it's great. Yeah, so that that that's when that's when you like shoot a message over Messenger, or you type something in on the chat saying, like, hey, yeah. you know, you're you you muted your mic, moron. <laughs> Which I have done more than once. I've accidentally muted my mic halfway through talking, and yep. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Talking about um, talking about uh, tokens and stuff, just because segways. And I hate the fact that we play on online because I can't purchase this kind of stuff. Did you see that Icons of the Realms is releasing a Volos and Mortar Canyons miniature set? Well, I have not. Please inform me on this. Okay, so I work for a game store, so I get to, like, see all these little things as soon as they come out and whatnot. But if you're familiar with the Icons, the Icons of the Realm miniature sets by WizKids, is every book, they come out with a booster set 
I mean, not posters. Yeah. They come up with a set of miniatures specific for those books. So there's one for each one of the adventures for the. Um, but they haven't really done other than the the Volos. Oh, sorry, not Volos. Other than the Monster Manual, which is essentially just their basic monsters, and um, the Player's Handbook races. They haven't really done any specific for any of the uh, extended books, and they're putting together Volos and Mortal Canyon's foes um, into a set. Uh, and these are just like like Magic the Gathering. You buy a box. And it comes, I believe, with four small miniatures and one big one. And let me tell you, in the past year or so, WizKids has stepped up their games because um, their miniatures look fantastic. I'm actually oh. checking it out right now. The Elder Brain is mm. gorgeous. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, the Elder Brain is a premium one. So you buy that separately and you get all of that stuff in that box. There's no mystery on that one. So um, there, there's the Alhoon, which looks yeah. awesome. Yeah, they look great. I know they look fantastic. Um, they, they, the, <laughs> I, part of my job is to pho- um, photograph this the miniatures and put them on the website. And let me tell you that miniatures can be painted very wrong. And when I say wrong, I mean like eyeballs, one by the cheek and one by the forehead, and it makes it look ridiculous but for some reason when it comes to uh, the Dungeons and Dragons miniatures or the Pathfinder miniatures they always kill it with a paint job really do this like I'm looking at this one from the Deathclaw yeah it's like it just sprung it like it's exactly how it looks in the book yeah Uh, they get they get all the little details right like uh, especially like uh, when have when the characters have tattoos on them um they get they they did I don't know how they do this man I, I I really think a person with a brush just painting those tattoos on you know like it, they, you can't really do that in mass production um but yeah it's it's pretty great uh they're um you can buy I think they usually retail for sixteen dollars um and they're pretty great because it, like I told you they bring four little ones you get four monsters and when I mean little I mean like not like a like a small version of a monster. No, like they're up to scale. Um, but then you get like a big monster, so like a large, like a large monster and up, like to scale in each one in each one of those boxes. Um, so you can get some pretty cool stuff. Just saying. Yeah, I'm checking that right now, and it really, really makes me long for the days when when we played on tabletops. <laughs> yeah, man, because I, I think for storm king's thunder i bought a bunch of these and i got some really cool uh giants each box came with a giant and i still have some of them uh i think i sold one of the armor which is like the most expensive uh i sold it and bought like three more boxes with the money i got <laughs> it's uh it's a vice you just keep buying it there's, there's something to be said about the dungeon master standing up from their position, you know, where they're seated, grabbing a miniature and just plunking it in the middle of the table, saying, yes. That's what yes, yes, <laughs> you know? I miss that so much. Yeah, because, you know, the tokens in Roll20 are great, but you don't get that physical scale. Yeah, you don't, you, 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 there, you don't get that, um, that sense of like build up. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love it. But yeah, they're, they're just announced these, I think, last week. Um, I don't know when they're coming out, actually. Um, 
let me see. Let me. They are coming out. Or oh, the expected release is December 4th. <laughs> they are coming soon. <laughs> no, because they always said expected release because WizKids has weird like, release schedule. Like sometimes they just release them randomly, like three or four days before they're supposed to be out. Um, but yeah, so go to a local store and keep an eye out for them. Uh, they look, they're looking pretty sweet. Stock, stock your local store. Yes. What do you say? Stock your local store? Yes. Constantly, <laughs> constantly harassing employees about the miniatures. Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah, it's, now I'm lucky. I have I have a cool uh, I have a cool stuff games down the road, uh, and, uh, and I'm always like looking at like whatever board games coming in and 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 all the stuff that is like all the new stuff, all the new shiny things. My precious. Yeah, no, that's one of those things. Just like man, <laughs> just just for one campaign. I wish we can kind of go back to the old days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's oh. a lot of work, man. It is. Oh my gosh, it's so much work. I I, I would never do it, but <laughs> you know, still. Speaking of tokens and miniatures and stuff like that, I have recently, uh, just just yesterday, actually, at the time of this recording, have played the Dark Souls board game. Ooh, you know, uh, I didn't yeah. even know there was a board game until recently. Uh, yeah, it's actually, um, it's fairly popular because it was a um it was a kickstarter program right that that like immediately took off and and like all of the all the stretch goals were met within days of it but it's also kind of known for being incredibly expensive because <laughs> it's that's, 100- that's go ahead sorry because well, because the base game itself is 120 dollars yeah yeah that's yeah. usually how it is for for kickstarters with miniatures um but these miniatures are awesome looking because they look exactly like well you know like how the how the artwork does and well they're not painted though that's the only problem they they are they are a grayscale but they look they look exactly like how they look in the video game nice Um, and not not being painted is not a problem because a lot of people who buy these they buy them to paint them uh, but it was it wasn't really a problem for us because um like I said, it is a board game. Um it's not it's it's almost like a tabletop. It's very close to being a tabletop. Um because how how it is is for for anyone that's not familiar with Dark Souls, because I don't know if you've been living under a rock or not, but it's a <laughs> it's a it's an action RPG game that's uh known for being brutally difficult. Um, well, not brutally difficult, but just difficult and fair. So, so it's a lot of single player experiences. However, the board game, it does focus on a party dynamic. Um, and so there, there can only be four players. There's a maximum of four players. So we found out, (laughs) we found out after last night's game, you kind of have to pick your characters carefully um because what's it i played a warrior uh teresa played a pyromancer uh one of her friends played uh the thief class and the other friend played the joke character which was the deprived which means (laughs) they start out they start out with a loincloth and and a club and that's it 
That's an actual option. It is an option. And, and, <laughs> and it's an option in the video game too, where that's kind of like the joke class. Um, that's amazing. Right. And we learned very early on, uh, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so, so the thing about it is, is that the way the game is played, it does kind of follow a sort of semi initiative order where all of the enemies will go first. Okay. Well, hold on, actually, hold on. Wait, let me, let me start over from the beginning. So, um, so the game is a dungeon crawl where you will lay down the dungeon tiles beforehand and you will, and you'll set down what's called encounter cards that it's, it's randomized. So you don't really know. It's just based on difficulty level. So you don't know what you're going to going to encounter first in there. Um, so how it works is that you lay down these dungeon tiles, you lay down the encounter cards on these dungeon tiles, and then you have a mini boss tile. And so you have to go to these rooms, encounter whatever the encounters are, which it could be enemies, obstacles, traps, or all three, um, including treasure. And then you get to the mini boss, you fight the mini boss, and then you lay out the dungeon again so you can get to the main boss. Mm. It's it's a very extensive setup because uh, what's it? It took us. I'm not even kidding you. Because just reading the rules and setting up the game, it took us five hours <laughs> just to set it up. Uh, and Are again, you serious? Legitimately, it took us five hours because there's a lot of setup to it. There's a lot of setup, and the rules were very extensive. Wait, are you serious? Five hours just to set up? Well, I, for us to set up because we didn't know what we were doing. So you're not, because, you're, not you're not exaggerating. Five hours? No, it legitimately took us five hours. <laughs> Oof, man, yeah. yeah. Um, well, because because how that works is that you find treasure in rooms, right? Right. And so how that works is that you have a common treasure deck, which is like basic stuff like armor, shields, weapons, what have you. But then but then you also have to find or you can find character specific treasure, which is like a better version of their starting equipment or like um, an item that they can use to help with their like abilities and stuff like that. So, so what it is, what you have to do is that you have to go through, you have to go through the, the cards, take out the character cards that you aren't using, put in the character cards that you are using, shuffle those and whatnot. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, if you look it up, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a lot of setup. Um, but the, the way combat works, it's, it's kind of it's kind of like betrayal in the house in the hill where, okay. Where. Oh, say for, say for instance, you're fighting a hollow soldier, which is a basic enemy. They have a plus two to physical resistance, but a plus zero to magical resistance. You have a, you have a, your weapon is an ax, which gives you two damage dice. So what you do is that you would roll these two damage dice, which the basic damage dice, there's basic, transposed, and legendary damage dice. Okay. So, but if you have basic equipment, you roll basic dice. You have transposed dice, you roll the transposed dice, so on and so forth. 
So the basic damage dice, there's two blanks, two ones, and two twos. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there is a there is a one in three chance that you could just roll no damage. So what it is is that if you have if you have like a battle axe that gives you two basic damage dice, you have to roll higher than a two to get past their defenses. Physical defense. Unless you're playing a character that does magical damage, which Teresa's character, who was playing the Pyromancer, dealed magical damage. Right. So because they have no resistance to magic, that's like, okay, we'll let you take care of them. Meanwhile, I'll go ahead and do this. And the thing about it is, is that there's also a system to pull aggro as well. Um, Damn. Yes. How does that work? Okay, so you'll have every enemy has a stat card and it'll, and it will show you in which direction they move and, and how they attack. So there'll be the, the main two is that you will have enemies that will either move closer to or further away from the character that has aggro. And how aggro works is it's essentially the first character that's in the dungeon. So you kind of have to figure out, okay, which one of us is going to go in first? And then the rest right. of us will follow. The character that's in there first gets aggro. Okay. And so the character will go in first. The enemies get a turn. That character who gets aggro will get a turn. The enemies get another turn, and then it'll be the next player's turn. Does that make sense? So Yes. Yes, I think so. So when that next character turn happens, they get the aggro token. So, okay. So with that knowledge in mind, there are certain character, there are certain enemies that will attack um whoever has the aggro token. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain enemies that will attack whoever's just closest to them. So so what you want to do is that you kind of want to be a little bit advantageous and be like, "Okay, I know these enemies attack whoever's closest to them, so we're going to send out the guy with the best defense against them." Whereas these are going to be the guys that attack whoever has aggro. So we're going to try to like get them quick. Um, and it's, Oh God, it's really, it's really, I don't want to say it's difficult to explain, but it's like, if, if I had the tabletop here, I could, I could explain it to you a little bit better. Right. It sounds like, it sounds like one of those games that <laughs> it's just a lot of steps to do one single thing. Is it Sounds it, intense though. It is, but it also isn't. Because like once you kind of pick it up, you it you really you know, you, right. you really start to understand it. But the thing about it is, even though it's a board game, it's still faithful to the video game. And so That's far cool. that, and so far in the fact that you can't just run in and expect to win. Like you have to be smart. You have to know your like your enemies like defensive strategies and whatnot, and you kind of have to learn how to get around those. Um, right. but, but also plays, mm, excuse me, but also plays around a party dynamic really, really well. Anyways, so because of the fact that all of our characters were offensive based and none of us had any sort of defensive qualities, yeah, we suffered from that. So we could deal out a lot of damage, but we also took in a lot of damage as well. Um, and and it's one of those things that's like if you have somebody that likes Dark Souls, and you kind of have an inkling that they'll like D and D. This is a really good transition to that. 
because because it still has a lot of the charm of Dark Souls, but it introduces like a a party uh sort of balance and dynamic that to me is very reminiscent of of D and it's and it's funny because uh we were like i said we were playing with Teresa and some of her friends and she asked me is this gonna be like D? do i have to worry about what class i pick i'm like nah it should be fine and then, <laughs> and then after we got destroyed because we did we got we got nuked hard i was like yeah we probably should have put more thought into it than <laughs> not at all <laughs> so nice. But yeah, it's it's great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the only problem is it's a it's a big investment of time and money, um, because it's one of those things where like a normal game is about two hours. Not even talking about setup, just playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fun. I had so much fun. We're probably gonna we're probably gonna play it again, hopefully soon. Um, but yeah, it was great. I loved it. It was awesome. Nice. So so you're coming back to it. So that's a thumbs up from you. It's a big thumbs up for me because because they also came out with a bunch of expansions, yeah. which means which which introduces more characters, more weapons, more enemies, and stuff like that. So yeah, I I definitely want to go back to it, especially with the knowledge that 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 we have now that hey, it is going to matter, you know, what class we play and stuff like that. So sweet, yeah. Well, if you ever if you ever want to bring it over or. Wanna- I want to play with me. I'm down. I don't know if Kristen will be down for a five hour setup, but I'm down. Uh, it is. It, it it also takes up a lot of table space. <laughs> so you need a big table. Oh, I see. We can, we can play on the floor like kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. You know what we haven't talked about, though? Do you know what we haven't talked about yet? What's up? Session highlights. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> we had we had we had one session. Two sessions, actually, right? Did we? Did we have two sessions? Yes, yeah, I yes, think so. Damn, we're killing it. Yeah, we had two sessions uh, between episodes. So, anything fun that you uh, want to highlight? Um, I will say for the for the the first of the two sessions, probably one of the biggest highlights for me would be uh. Small Drax learning how to cook. <laughs> um, that's one of them. And and the only reason why I say that was not only was that a little bit of fun there, but also because you came back to me saying, I actually learned how to use a knife <laughs> from that. <laughs> yeah, uh, like the next day I was preparing a Caesar salad for work or whatever. And I, I'm just cutting lettuce, right? So not big deal. But like, you know, I'm cutting the lettuce like I usually do. I do. I knew about the grip and the, the the blade or whatever, but the fact that you said just pointed away from you just a little bit revolutionized my speed. So, so that was like that's it. It it, it had it had a bit of a of a gestation period, but that was a <laughs> highlight to me just for that part. <laughs> um, but I would also say probably the party dealing with Victor. Um, and also just the general shenanigans of them taking a really long piss to go in <laughs> the attic was probably a highlight for me. Yes. Um, <laughs> a personal highlight was me um, was having the Baron move around the house um, 
And so, and so it went, when it got to the point that you went back to the parlor to go talk to Irina and suddenly the Baron was there, you were like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I did what every '90s shows would do <laughs> to try and and try to get the the, the rest of the parties because the, the the rest of the party was all over the mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the first thing that came to my mind was just to like st- start talking really loudly about where I am, what I'm about to do, and with whom. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, definitely shenanigans unfolded. Yeah, um, I would have to say I would have to say that I have to agree with that. That's probably one of my highlights. Even though it was me. Um, as far as the second session goes, uh, I would say, and Dad Gummit, of course, that the the camera didn't catch it, but Vesemir doing the dance to open up. Okay, it wasn't the fact that you did the dance; it was the fact that you didn't even question it. You saw it, you're like. <laughs> I'm just gonna start dancing, and you just immediately start breaking down, like right then and there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So we get we get to a tower, and it has you know it has a yeah a big door, or whatever. So we I go to inspect the door, and uh, Andrew shows us um, a picture of the door, which has like this like copper plate, circular plate, like a, almost like a clock. And it has like all these like little figures and then like an arrow or like a line that goes in between them. And then I realized that each figure is a pose. And the first thing that came to my mind was that episode from um from uh The Last Airbender when they do the dragon dance. Mm-hmm. So I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, is this a dance? And I just like I didn't even think it started moving my arms around like the little stick figures. <laughs> and I just imagine Vesemir just like goes up to the door, doesn't say anything to anybody. Questions just asked. Starts, <laughs> nothing. And it just starts dancing. It's breaking down. Oh, it was great. But my of, of, my camera captured me doing weird weird movements, but it didn't capture my arms. So I look dumb. But that was the solution. That was exactly what you had to do. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, that was good. Yeah, I think those that I think that's for me too. I don't have anything new anything other than those two because I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> so I just it could have it could have freaking blown me to pieces, but I did the dance anyways. I would have died proud. Oh, uh, well, I mean. Yeah, well, well you'll 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 find out what, what could have happened. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh we're talking about moronic things to happen in the world. <clears throat> And moving away a little bit from tabletop, have you heard anything about uh, the new what's going on with the Google Stadia? I have heard they they are pushing it a lot, um, but I haven't heard anything about what's going on with the Stadia. Stat Stadia? Stadia? I don't know. It sounds like sounds like fake sugar. Oh uh, yeah, Stevia. The Google Stevia. <laughs> the Google Stevia. <laughs> so yeah, so they they they. they they announced the Google Stadia a, a while back in E3, and it was supposed to be, well, it is supposed to be um, this revolutionary way to play video games. Essentially, you don't have to use your computer power or anything. You just need an internet connection, and then the games will be streamed to your to your, to your your screen, and then there will be uh, the lag. There will be no lag. There will be no delay. It will be fantastic. Essentially, Google is doing all the hard work for you. All you need is a, a Chrome plugin, and then you can do it, right? 
big, big, big announcements. Everybody get everybody excited about it. But mm. guess what? They what? just released the games that Stadia is gonna. Oh, well, they just announced the the game the games that Stadia is gonna release with. Do you yeah. want to take a Do you want to take a wild guess as the size of the library? The size? Mm-hmm. Like uh. this is it's supposed to be. They sold it as you have. You will have access to all the games out there, and it's gonna be playable without you having to have a monster PC to do it. Well, and you can the, do it even from your phone. In the context of the situation, I will say there's probably what fifty, sixty, if that. Twelve. <laughs> At release date, you will be able to play twelve games. Do you want to hear these games? Oh my god! I, I even highballed it for generosity. You want to hear? You want to hear these games that I, that you'll be able to play? Are you going to be able to play the latest Death Stranding or perhaps uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Nope. You'll be able to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Destiny okay. Two, okay. Some game called Guilt, which I don't know what the hell with a Y. Uh, right. Just Dance Twenty Twenty, <laughs> Mortal Kombat Eleven. Okay, here's the Shiner, Red Dead Redemption Two, which is pretty bomb. But then you have Rise of the Tomb Raider, Samurai Showdown, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Thumper, and the Tomb Raider Definitive Definitive Edition. So, <laughs> so a quarter of the game's library is Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah. So if you really want to play all the Tomb Raider games, well, then this is your opportunity, or you can buy them for really cheap online. Now, think about this though. 12 games at release days. Oh, and you know what's the best part? It won't work in all the Google products they promised. You're going to have to have but you you have to have bought the the specific bundle that they had for release day in order for it for it to actually work. So, this kind of sounds like false advertising. Yeah, hardcore. It's 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 really dumb, especially considering that if you have an Xbox account, you can, but actually, if you have a PC and you have Xbox, you can play Xbox games. Uh, I think it's like ten dollars a month, and you have like an insane library of Xbox games or games available on Xbox. You can do that with the PlayStation too. If you have if, if you have PS Now, which is their which is their online streaming service, you can play from a computer. Yeah. So yeah. so like, what is Stadia even bringing to the game? I don't understand. How, get it? But like, what yeah. what what is even you know? happening there you remember Man. do you remember yeah. way back when when they announced on live no it was supposed to be this thing that was going to be the end of all consoles it was supposed to be the alpha and omega of consoles and essentially what it was was that it was a it was a box i'd remember that, it yes that, that you like stream video games from and whatnot you would never need a playstation or a xbox or anything like that ever again and nobody even knows what it is now. Yep, I remember. I just googled it and I saw the logo and I remember it. Yep, I, I remember this. I very strongly feel like Google Stadia is gonna go that way. Very fast, dude, and they're not doing a good job with VR either. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. It's it doesn't look. It doesn't look good, uh, especially because I mean it's Google. They should have launched with like a really great library of games. All but the games. Tw- but twelve, yeah. Like something impressive that will be like, oh, that's that's worth it. Like, uh, pff, no, it's not. You know, like, man. <sighs> Anyways, but that's just something I wanted to bring up because it's it's just blowing my mind that Google is this is just 
why? Why are you doing this? You could have done so much better. Now, now, just to be clear, is this because I I really am not sure what this is? Is this like their version of like the Steam market or something like this? Or no. like what what exactly? No, 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 no. It's uh, it's it's just it's video games on demand. It's on live, like you said. So it is yeah. a streaming service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for what I hear, you also have to buy the games. So you so you pay you pay a monthly fee for the streaming service, and then you have to buy the games. That so you don't so you don't even own the games either. So why? That sounds like that sounds dumb. <laughs> it's it's so dumb. People were hype, and even the people that I knew that were that were actually excited about it are starting to to freak out. Because so, oh, and and you know what's the other thing? <laughs> they um they messed up their shipments too. Apparently, not everybody's gonna get their uh their pre-orders. It's gonna take a long time for everybody to get their pre-orders. Wow, this does not sound like no. I, I I'm already turned off from it. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I was I was never excited about it, but <laughs> this just makes me happy. Well, because I I knew what it was because when they announced it, it kind of set like the gaming world on fire. Where like a lot of people were like, oh man, this is this is going to be it. Like this is going to be the console breaker, you know, kind of yeah. a thing. And clearly not. Yep. Well, yeah, sling and a miss. Yeah, but just like Stadia's uh, days are numbered, so is our uh, time for today's episode. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you all for joining us. Um, we are uh, we're having our fourth episode. So excited! Uh, we should have our uh-huh. new website up by the time this goes live. So if you go to a talk of opportunity dot com, uh, you should be able to access all of our podcasts, also on uh-huh. iTunes and Spotify. But unlike the stadia, we will be coming back. <laughs> yes, we will. We have a lot, a lot of crap to talk about. Um, if you guys want to see us live on Twitch.tv, we'll be doing very good at actually doing weekly games. So if you go to Twitch.tv forward slash a talk of opportunity, you'll be able to see us live. Um, I stream gameplay of right now Death Stranding and in the Outer Worlds, uh, but then on Wednesdays, more often than not, if not uh, some other days. Um, we do our live sessions of D&D to stay up to date on which days we're going to be streaming. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, um, and YouTube at A Talk of Opportunity. Um, oh, and Twitter, too. Even if even if you can't um, catch the live streams, you can always watch the archives, um, the uh, the session highlights, or you can just go to the, uh, the YouTube page and where yes. we have the entire streams uploaded there. So... Yeah, it's not a. It's it's definitely you're not going to be able to miss out on anything. Yes, but live we can we can talk to you on chat, which is kind of cool because we live in oh, the future now. Well, I won't because I'll be too busy focusing. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us will. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, follow us, share us with your friends uh, who like D and D, and stay tuned for our next episode. And you guys have a wonderful two weeks or so. And I hope the holidays treat you well. Happy Thanksgiving and Black Friday Day. Yeah, be sure to survive Black Friday. <laughs> don't get yourself don't get yourself killed. It's not worth it. You can don't always do cramped. Cyber Cyber Monday. <laughs> yeah. Don't if, if look at a TV, you have to ask yourself, is it worth getting trampled over for? <laughs> true. The yeah. Answer's always no. Answer's always no. That's true. Alright. Alright, you guys have a good night. Bye. Bye.